I already screwed up at dinner. I might as well have some of those cookies in the pantry before bed. I had too many tortilla chips already. I might as well have a margarita, too. I skipped my workout. I might as well skip making dinner, too, and just grab some fast food. What do these three statements have in common? The phrase, might as well. When our clients are describing events leading up to a binge or an episode of emotional eating, Mary Claire and I often hear these sort of thoughts come up. It seems as though the road to a regrettable episode has signposts along the way, and one of them reads, might as well, in capital letters with a big arrow pointing to food or alcohol. In today's episode, we'll talk about what to do when you see that sign, and how to make a turn so you can avoid the binge, the overeating, overdrinking, or any other self-destructive behavior. Thankfully, it's not a one-way street. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. Might as well is a common saying. We might say these words frequently without actually considering what they mean. But let's pause for one second. What does might as well actually communicate? Might as well is used to suggest a choice, generally unenthusiastically, because it's a lousy situation with no better alternative. In conversation, the sequence usually rolls out like, one, acknowledge the crappy situation, two, say might as well, and three, indicate a choice which isn't very good but is the best option left. For example, crap, we missed the bus we might as well walk to school. Or, oh no, my daughter has appendicitis. I might as well cancel our plans to go to the museum this weekend. Or, shoot, I dropped my phone in a river. I might as well start shopping for a new one. The three phrases I read at the beginning of this episode all start with kind of a lousy situation. Each of them begins with an admission of making one unhealthy choice or a mistake I already screwed up at dinner, I ate too many tortilla chips, and I skipped my workout. But is there really no better alternative than choosing cookies, drinking a margarita, or going for a fast food meal in these situations? I think you'll agree with me that when we're rational and we consider all of the available choices, of course there are better things we could pick than heaping a second unhealthy or high-calorie decision on top of a first. No logical person would say to their friend, Oh, you overate at dinner? I guess you're going to have to go top it off with some cookies. I mean, clearly that's the best option you have. Of course not. But we aren't rational 100% of the time. We all get upset. And when we get upset, sometimes we don't see all of the options we have at hand. We feel like some of them are grayed out or off limits. And it can appear as though the only thing left or the most desirable thing left, is to grab more food, drink, or other indulgence. Everyone I've worked with over the last 15 years as a nutrition counselor has been an intelligent, capable person. And yet, almost everyone has struggled with might-as-well thinking at one time or another. I consider myself an intelligent, capable person, and it's tripped me up too. 
Isn't this kind of fascinating? How do smart, well-meaning people fall so deep into a sinkhole of illogic? I have some ideas to share today, but I'll tell you ahead of time that I'm also going to share a technique for replacing this problematic thinking pattern. It's worked well for me, my clients, and I bet it'll work well for you too. There's a term used in psychology called learned helplessness. If you look it up on Wikipedia, you can read about some famous experiments. The concept of learned helplessness originated to help explain some behavior that was observed in laboratory animals. The famous researcher Martin Seligman conducted studies in the 1960s at the University of Pennsylvania. His team found that when dogs were exposed to an unpleasant or aversive stimulus, like an electric shock, they would quickly learn that if they pressed a lever, the shock would stop. Nothing surprising there, right? They learned how to stop the zaps from happening, so they would. We can call these dogs given control. A second group of dogs was also given shocks, but they didn't get any lever to press. The shocks just started and stopped, seemingly at random. We can think of these dogs as the dogs without control. In the second stage of the experiment, each dog was placed into an enclosure where part of the floor administered shocks. There was a low barrier, so the dogs could just hop over it to another part of the enclosure and get away from the electrified part of the floor. The dogs given control in the first part would just readily hop over, get away from the part of the floor that was electric. But the dogs without control had developed what came to be called learned helplessness. Instead of hopping over the barrier, they didn't realize they could stop the shocks, and they just lay down and whimpered. They acted like they were helpless, and so they just stayed in the uncomfortable situation and didn't make any effort to try and help themselves. I'll admit, reading these experiments makes me kind of sad, because I love dogs and I hate to think of them getting zapped, so I hope they took them out of the enclosure really quickly. But learned helplessness is also something that impacts humans, and it can play a significant role in binge eating, emotional eating, and other difficulties. If we have endured painful situations in the past, such as childhood neglect, emotional or physical abuse, or experienced trauma, we may carry with us the remnant belief that if we were powerless to stop that pain, there's no way we can stop other pain and suffering, including that which we are experiencing around food. This belief can undermine trying to change, or it can lead us to ignore the resources around us which would help us escape. We feel like things are happening to us, but we can't stop them, so we don't try. We just feel miserable and fearful nothing will change. Remember the dogs in the first condition who did have the lever which stopped the shocks? They learned control. They realized, hey, I can stop this annoying zapping by pushing this little thing. When they encountered the enclosure with the shocks coming through the floor, they looked around for an action they could take to improve the situation, and they readily hopped over the barrier to get to a better spot. We want to be those dogs. We don't want to learn helplessness. We want to learn that our actions make a difference. So we try and work for solutions to make our life better. This way of thinking is also called an internal locus of control, and it's crucial to being able to summon our ability to work hard at a problem for a long time without quitting. 
the hard truth is, and I'm going to be blunt here, eating is 100% within our control. Nobody else is forcing emotional eating or binging upon us. And that means we can always choose to stop. There's always part of the floor we can escape to. We don't have to continue any pattern that keeps us suffering. This is where the might as well phrase ties back in. Might as well is learned helplessness. Might as well, when it comes to food, is giving up and laying on the part of the floor that is shocking us instead of choosing to escape. Might as well is choosing to ignore the very real option you have at any time to start making your situation better. I often teach that the opposite concept of might as well is damage control. So when your brain says, might as well, you think, "Uh uh-uh, damage control. In other words, if you overrate, made a mistake, or something just went wrong, you can choose to stop the damage and improve the situation instead of eating more and letting it get worse. When you switch your might as well thinking to damage control thinking, you put on your problem-solving hat and throw the quitter hat in the garbage bin. Damage control does not mean starting a diet if you've overeaten or exercising compulsively. The best way to mitigate the problems caused by overeating is to be self-loving, to move yourself away from food in the moment and plan to listen to your body better tomorrow. If you've had an extra snack, might as well thinking says, go get ice cream too. Damage control thinking says, no big deal, we'll just stop after that one. No need to make it worse turning one snack into two, then three. If you already ate three quarters of a box of cookies, might as well thinking says, oh, just finish the box. But the empowered you, the one with internal control says, well, three quarters of a box is better than the whole box. So how about I stop making things worse and get into bed? I want you to remember we are all imperfect people in an imperfect world. But one thing we always have going for us is control over our own choices. Remember to use those choices this week to make your life better. I'm Georgie Fear. I appreciate you listening, and I'll see you next week.